0: Lewis Howard of Lewis Howard Live has partnered with Amazon Books to bring you his dynamic, life-changing book. From Here to There is the best-selling biopic journey of Lewis Howard's road from adopted child in poverty to achieving over a billion dollars in real estate assets. Proud Lewis shares his secrets and principles which Lewis make his work rise to the top and inspiration to millions. Lewis Howard, Your From Here to There, available on Amazon Books at greatspace.com slash 450 Get it today. And now a man who needs no introduction, Lewis.
1: Hey, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining Lewis Howard Live. I am Lewis Howard, broadcasting you coast to coast, headquartered in lovely Pacific Northwest, Seattle, and surrounding areas. And so I'm enjoying reaching out to you wherever you are. Thank you to our new listeners in Italy, getting us some of that. We appreciate that in Italy and uh, different places around the world, Canada, um, where are we have Brazil. We're just trying to hit as many places as we can. So we appreciate Philippines. Yeah. Another shout out to the Philippines, some of our big listeners there. So we appreciate you tuning in. And of course, I love getting phone calls, people enjoying the show, and of course, emails. So if you want to reach out and let me know your appreciation or critique, you can email me, Lewis, at LHoward360.com, and uh, we'll gladly take your emails and maybe read them on the air. So, uh, hey, if you haven't got our, some of our recent shows, we've got a lot of new shows in that are just really smoking. They're burners. You want to get them because they've got good stuff in them. And of course, don't forget our best selling book, From Here to There and Inside the Mind of Champions, available on Amazon Books. So if you are a reader and you love that kind of thing, get you some of that. Hey, today we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics is ID. What's your ID, right? Your identification, your identity, right? We know that in the world that we live in, you can't go very far without ID, right? You need some form of identification if you're ever asked for it. And You don't want to ever get stuck in another country and lose your passport because you're going to have some challenges getting out of that country. Why? Because you don't have I.D. If a law enforcement official pulls you over and he's got Christmas lights behind you because you were doing something outside the regulatory requirements of the law, they want your I.D. Sir, ma'am, can I see what? your ID, your driver's license, right? Because that's how you are verified in life, right? But your identification is also your passport to your success. It is your passport to your dream. So we get different IDs, right? When we start out in life, we get the ID, what we call our government name, right? Because if you grow up, In the hood or in the streets or in the urban, you're going to have two names. You're going to have your government name, and then you're going to have your street name, right? So I grew up in times where everybody had a name. Your family gave you a name, right? But, you know, when you went to school, you had a government ID, and that told them what your legal and your official name was, but you can have nicknames, right? Shorty, Little G, Big G, Big Sal, Homie, Home Skillet, one of my favorites to call my friend, right? Player, Gangster, Young G, G Money, Johnny Cologne, Big Daddy, right? You acquire these names based on either a reputation that you have developed. Or sometimes physical features. Mine was red because I was light skinned, so I was called red, right? Uh, You got red hair, carrot top, right? You got blonde hair, your woman blondie, right? So you get different names. Now, as we know, not all names are good because sometimes you get names attached to you. You get identities attached to you because of something you've done. Right? As we talked about, you'll you, you be labeled as a thief, as a drug user, a struggler, a loser, right? A liar, right? These are names, right? That you'll get identified. They'll see you come and say, hey, there's that liar, right? Or women will say, hey, there's that player. It's not good, right? Because you already on the defense. If, we, if a woman walks up to you and she says, what's up, player? That's not a compliment. That's not a compliment. That means you've earned a name for something, right, that has stuck to you. But is that your real identity, right? Is that who you really are? Is that the construct of a divine wish and word over your life? I don't think so in most cases because most of the times, where do we get our identification from? Sometimes we get it from our parents, right? They give you an ID. We get it from schools, Right. We get different places. So we'll talk about maybe some examples of how people get their ID and how you get your identification and how that impacts where you go and what you do with your life. Well, so number one is racial identification. Right. Number one way sometimes we identify is by our race. Right. Asian, black, white, Jewish. Right. Latina, right? So we're identified by that. And sometimes we're judged by that. So sometimes I don't even get a shot off the box because I'm judged because the color of my skin, my racial identification has decided how smart I am, how intelligent I am, how much I can do, how much character I have, I in- integrity that I have, all by my race, that's a lot to decide in five minutes of reading somebody or seeing somebody. And you judge them because you have preconceived notions about their race. We've got this whole thing we've been dealing with in America about race. Right. And people are identified by racial things, racial profiling. Right. Uh, gentrification, different things that affect us by our race. The whole immigration battle has in part to do with race, right? So if you let your whole identity simply be caught up in your race, right? It's great to say I'm black and I'm proud. It's great to say black lives matter, right? But life is more than that, right? That's not the only construct that you have to work with. It's certainly one of them. And right? I remember the song James Brown used to have in the 70s. Say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. Right. It was to give the African-American a sense of hope about their color because they didn't have much hope about that. Right. But Martin Luther King said something that has always stuck with me. It's not one of his most famous I have a dream speech. But here's what he said about a man or about a person. He says you have to have your own individual declaration of independence. You have to write your own emancipation proclamation for your own individual life. You can't have that as a race, as a group, as a color You have to write that on your own. So one of the ways we get our identification in life is by our race. And it becomes a stigma if you're of the wrong race. And then if you're of the right race, doors open for you because you're perceived as smart, intelligent, articulate, erudite, and scholarly because you're of a certain group or race. Let me just be clear, and I've studied people for 30 years, and I have a... a, I got a stew mix-up in my family. I have black, I have white, I have Jew, I have Italian. I got a lot in my family tree. And let me just tell you one thing. They're all crazy. Their craziness in every group, every family has a crazy uncle no matter what color you are, right? Everybody's got a dysfunctional relative no matter what family you have, right? So you can be the top 1% Family, billionaire, you got a dysfunctional family in your life. Just follow the news. You'll see it for yourself, right? So being of a certain race, a gender, and color does not guarantee you have the best identity, even though that's what some people have said and that's what people have done, all right? Number two, another way we get identified is by our education, Right. If you have a degree, if I got a master's, if I got a Ph.D., I got something with acronyms after me, I am automatically perceived as smart. You've been around people that have been introduced and they'll say, "Uh, yes, this is this is Jones. He went to Harvard. This is this is Mike. He went to Stanford. He went to Brown. I'm sorry. What college did you go to? I went to Street U. Well, what college is that? Is it accredited? Right No, It's called School of Hard Knocks Street University. Right. I'm not going to be considered in the league of a Harvard graduate or a Yale graduate or Stanford graduate. Right. So now am I less than? Is my identity less than because I don't have acronyms after my name? I don't have a Ph.D.? Let me share something with you for all my entrepreneurs and people that didn't finish school and don't have all these degrees. You got a level of smarts. You got a level of intelligence. Don't ever let yourself be talked out by somebody that caused they went to formal education. Go read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Formal education will get you an education. Street knowledge will make you rich. Because most of those people with degrees after their name, the vast majority of them, they're not rich. They're smart. They're intelligent. They have a good living. But when you study true entrepreneurs, Bill Gates dropped out of college. Steve Jobs dropped out of college. Right. Uh, Mr. Branson that owns all Virgin Airlines and all of the mobile service didn't finish college. So a lot of these people did not finish college. My favorite, I love to sit in the room with MBAs, thesis-driven minds. I'll run circles around them because they can't think outside the box. problem with the education identity, you're trained to think in a box, right? And if you have to get outside of that box, you're in trouble. Entrepreneurs, on the other hand, are thought to think any way you can. So I love to sit in the room with super smart people. I will run circles around them right? Because their identity is solely based in their education. Family name, right? Sometimes your identity is just by your family, right? If your last name is Kennedy, what does that mean? That means a history of success and and money and politics and all the different things that go along. If you're a rock child, right? If, If you're born into a royal family, British, you know, Uh, aristocracy because of your family name you know we got this whole obsession with dna right this this one two three you and me you know i can't think all the names i'm right but everybody wants to do their dna because they're trying to see is there a king in my dna is there a queen in my dna is there a rich person in my dna why why are people doing that because they're struggling with their identity And they're hoping that something in their family background, their family identity helps them. Here's what's happening. This is, it's not really funny because if it happens to you, it's not funny. There are people who thought they were 100% of one ethnicity. They did their DNA and found out they were mixed up with an ethnicity that they never even liked. Okay. This happened to me. I hope she don't mind. But, you know, my ex-wife was... Uh, Korean. And she decided that she wanted to do the DNA. So our daughter forever has been mixed with Korean, African-American, and so forth, right? Well, she did the DNA. Turns out she's 100% Japanese, right? 100% Japanese, right? Whole family construct now is thrown out the window because she didn't spent 30, 40 years eating Korean food, learning Korean recipes, right? Imagine if you thought you were African American because you looked a certain way and you go and find out you're not and you didn't embrace the whole culture and a whole family. What do you do now with your identity, right? That's why you don't make your life surrounded by one type of identity. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. You've joined us, Lewis Howard Live. We're talking about identification, your passport to success. We're going to take a quick break, give our sponsors a bit of a shout out, and we'll be right back to continue the conversation with you. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. Don't leave me. Come right back after these messages.
0: The mission of the Millionaire Club Charity is to provide jobs and support services to those in need in the Puget Sound region. Since 1921, the Millionaire Club Charity has operated a supportive employment program that specializes in helping people who are experiencing homelessness or other barriers to employment. Temporary Staffing Solutions connects men and women with employment opportunities to over 1,100 businesses and residences in the greater Seattle area. The Millionaire Club also addresses the housing needs of its workers through transitional housing. To learn more and to get involved, go to millionaireclub.org or call 206 728 Jobs.
1: Hey, you've joined Lewis Howard Live. Thank you for being a part of the conversation. Hey, we try to keep a tech edge urban, get in there and give you some insights. I just re- received what I believe is a best call, and that is to teach you everything that I have learned, that I know, that I've experienced. Over the years of my life, as I've grown and matured into being the person uh, that I've, you know, I've ran multiple organizations, uh, closed over a billion dollars in, in transactions, currently run five different entities and. Um, work in affordable housing, real estate. So I get a well-rounded experience. I've got uh, friends that are celebrities, uh, athletes, past athletes, uh, entrepreneurs, millionaires, billionaires. So I have a real good mix of life so a lot what you're getting out of me is result of the relationships that I have built over 20 plus years of living life and secondly becoming a student of life so I can become a teacher of life to you, so in the last segment, we were talking about ways that you become identified other than getting your government name or maybe your street name. there are other ways that you get identified is through racial identification we talked about and family name identification, and we're talking about education or lack thereof, right? Uh, you get identified by that, and that starts to play on your mind in terms of how you apply for a job right? Your education, when they ask for your resume and you don't have the credentials that the job requires on your resume, what do you do, right? You feel less than, you don't feel identified or qualified for that opportunity. Sometimes you won't go, but you know, other times you got to make a decision. Sometimes it's okay to take a risk. I remember my first job, I'm not suggesting anybody do this, but my first job in real estate, I wrote my resume to fit the description of the job that they were hiring for. I didn't have half those credentials, but I showed up and I said, if they'll give me an interview, I'll make the best of it. Right. I'm not suggesting by any means, please do not say Lewis Howard said, falsify your resume or lie about your credentials. I'm simply saying sometimes you got to take a leap of faith and not worry about what people are going to say. And if you're that good enough and you got gifts, Right. You will uh, succeed. Every major role I've had in life. I have not been qualified for the role that I've had. Right. So you can have roles that you're not qualified. If you're a Bible student, Joseph ran all of Egypt and he was not qualified to be the prime minister of Egypt. He had no skills for that. He was raised in his father's house. He did not go to university. He did not run big companies. And yet he ran country okay so there are opportunities don't discount yourself because you don't have the family name the education or the background all right so another way we get identified is political Ooh, ooh. let me shake my little thing on that one political identification right that's a big buzzword right now are you a democrat are you republican are you an independent are you with the green party are you with no party Right, We got to identify you. We got to put you in a box. We have to determine who you are with because that's going to determine, well, according to that, what you think. It determines what you believe. It determines who you're going to vote for. It determines a lot about you by you saying, I'm a Democrat or I'm a Republican or I'm an independent. So now I'm identified by that. Right. But that's not a life identification to say I'm a lifelong Democrat or I'm a lifelong Republican, right? Right. We have this big old battle going on in America about the progressive and the non-progressive and the conservative and the conservative. Meanwhile, people are starving to death, right? Meanwhile, hurricanes are devastating places, right? Meanwhile, in Chicago, 700 people will lose their life that neither the Republicans nor the Democrats can stop, or is doing anything to stop that. So does it matter what I am? If the problems that matter, if our children are still getting lost in the sauce, does it matter what party I'm affiliated with? Because here's the deal about party, just to be clear for all of our American listeners. If you're on a ship, okay? Think about this. If you're on a ship, it does not matter if you're on the front part of that ship or on the back part of that ship, if that ship starts to sink, everybody is going down, okay? It's not like if the ship sinks, the Democrats are going to survive, and the Republicans are going to drown, okay? Or the Republicans are going to live, and the Democrats are going to be thrown overboard. We're all on the big ship America, and if America goes down, everybody goes down. Okay, that's the narrative, people, you got to get. It's not about your affiliation and your dependence on that political name. You got to have your own identity. You got to have your own script. You got to have your own movie. Stop playing the supporting role in other people's movies. Stop being the extra in other people's movies, right? Because they all use you. All of our major media and news outlets are controlled by half a dozen companies, and they're all selling avid dollars and trying to tell you the way the world is it's not about news it's not about informative stuff that can change your life so does it really matter what my political identification is if i'm struggling if i'm a democrat and i'm broke and i can't pay for my kids college and send my kids to school does it matter Right. If I'm a Republican and nobody likes me and I can't build relationship and I can't reach people and I can't change people because of my affiliation, does that matter? Right. So you got to get out of that mindset because that's a narrative mindset designed to structure you into a certain way of thinking. Look, I grew up in a very activist family. My mom was very activist. She she was, with, at the time, when women's rights, she was a marcher. She had uh, women, Black Women United Front. They, they had co-ops. They had all of that. And it was good. And it was noble. But guess what? She can't pay her bills today. Okay? She struggles. Okay? So for all those... 30, 40, 50 years that she sewed into one identification of a party or a group did not help her retirement, did not help her health, and it didn't help her life. So, what does it matter? Okay, what does it matter? I'm not talking about the civil rights, I'm not talking about movements because there are times in our history of our nation where we have movements, and I think the civil rights movement and affiliation and identification with that was right. It was good, and I'm a beneficiary of that. I think that's awesome. But I think a lot of the rest of this stuff is garbage. Just flat out. I'm going to say it. You heard it here. It's garbage. It's not moving the needle. It's not going to fill up your bank account. It's not going to keep your kids safe. They're lying to you. They can't keep yours. When they think of you as a constituent, they're not thinking about your name and your face. You are a vote. You are a number. Okay. You are a zip code. You are a demographic to them. Okay. I found that out during the recession. When I called my representative because my bank was doing some inappropriate, sketchy stuff with my mortgage. Okay. It wasn't. Here's the deal. It wasn't the member of my party that I was affiliated with at the time. It was a member of the other party that I had no affiliation with that helped me deal with that bank. But if I had been locked into one political identification, I wouldn't be able to be sharing with you that I'm debt free and paid off $1.3 million in debt because I still have part of that debt that I would have to service or I would have lost it or whatever. Right. So I'm just saying keep some flexibility. I'm not saying it's not wrong to have an affiliation or identification, whether it's family and education and all that stuff, but don't let that be your driving force as to how you identify yourself and gender. Right. We got this whole thing, especially where I'm uh, broadcast from where gender is an issue. What are you, man, female, transgender? Right. You know, am I xenophobe? Am I homophobe? Right. So we got all these different things because we're trying to protect people's different gender, because we're making that the de- identification. And now the move is to not tell a boy or a girl what their gender is, to let them decide wh- what they are and let them figure it out. I don't know about you, but I don't want a 10-year-old figuring that out. I don't want a 12-year-old figuring it out. Their mind is not developed to be figuring those things out, right? But that's where we're headed, right, is our identification is becoming by our gender. If you are a man, you automatically hate it. I walk in certain rooms because I am a man. I am not welcome. Okay, because of what? My gender. Doesn't matter what I believe. Doesn't matter what I think. Okay, so these are just ways we're talking about how you got caught in a box and locked in a box by either an organization or group that's identifying you strictly by one thing or other. And lastly, your past failures. Right. Your past failures will be your identifier. I talked about in previous show how you are if you're a drug addict, you become an ex-drug addict. Right. If you even after you quit, if you're an alcoholic and you quit, you're an ex-alcoholic. If you are a felon and you committed a crime, you are an ex-felon. Right. So you're carrying this identity with you for the rest of your life. If you get divorced, you are a divorcee for the rest of your life, right? Okay, so I'm, I am labeled, I am identified by something that happened in my past. I got to let that go. I can't be, that can't be my future identification. So don't let your past or past failures or past experiences be your identifier. Did you know that most billionaires file bankruptcy two or three times? That happened right most multimillionaires have lost their companies have gone bankrupt have not paid their bills have had to lay people off they've had failure most of them have gone through divorces right but y- you don't see them labeling themselves by that you don't see you wouldn't see bill gates going hey i'm bill gates i'm a former divorcee and i by the way i filed bankruptcy three times but hey i'm a billionaire right no they focus on the identity that they have Now, Jeff Bezos don't stand up and tell you about how many times he couldn't get Amazon off the ground or how many times he failed, or how many people wouldn't give him money to land on it. He he talks about the success. The same with Google. The Google boys, $1,500 a share. They don't talk to you about the failures. Don't talk to people about your failures. Don't let that be your identification. Don't print a card with your picture on it saying, here's my failures. Here's what I didn't do right. Let's be like the movie Frozen. Let it go. All right. So these are just some ways that you get identified. All right. So to wrap this thing up and take it home, I want to give you several ways to proper view who you are. Number one, how you see you is the most important way of your identification. It's not about... There's a scene in one of my favorite Tyler Perry movies, uh, Medea, and the little kid is being called bad names on the school bus, and Medea says, it's not what they call you, it's what you answer to, okay? Okay. Again, it's not what people call you. What do you answer to? Right? You can call me all the names and identifiers that I've talked about, but what do you answer to? If you call me out of my name, I'm not going to answer. Right? I got this running issue with Starbucks because they can't spell my name right. So I don't answer to that. I give them a fake name because they can't spell the right one correctly. I give them a fake name. So I have a Starbucks name. How many of you out there have a Starbucks name because they won't spell your name right? Right. I thought it was a marketing play, but I'd turn out there's some idiots that work there. Right. They can't spell. Anyway, so you don't want people misidentifying you. Do not let your past be an identifier uh, to that but at the end of the day, how you see yourself is the best identifier. I don't care what your government name is. I don't care what your street name is. I don't care what your school name is, your family name, your past name. I don't care what the system calls you. It's about what you call yourself. I call myself champion. I call myself warrior. I call myself history maker and a world shaker. What do you call yourself? Dumb, stupid, can't kill nothing, won't nothing die, right? Right? I'm foolish. You know, I hate when I hear people say, I told myself how dumb that was I did. Right? Don't talk to yourself that way. Right? We are human. We make mistakes. Get over it. Let's move on. All right. So, just a few ways to wrap up. And so, what does your creator call you? What does God say you are? Have you asked him? Are you just letting people be your etch a sketch and write your name the way they want you called? What does your creator call you? right? What does the dream inside your life call you? I don't think it calls you loser. I think it calls you rich. I think it calls you a champion. I think it calls you a straight up baller. I think it calls you a different name than you are described by people, places, and things. So understand internally in your heart of hearts, what do you hear as your name? That's your true identity. Right. Are you courageous, strong warrior? Then that's your name. Passion. What are you passionate about? What'll get you excited in a New York minute? That's a key to your identity. Right. If you like cooking and that just gets you passionate, you like video games, racing, racing. Right, travel—that's a key to your identity. You might need to be a travel agent. You like houses? You love walking through houses and and looking things? You might need to be a real estate agent. You like numbers? Right, that might be your identifier as to be a banker, accountant, or a CFO. Might be the key to your identity. Your passion might be that. Right, your dreams. What do you dream about? When no one's looking and you're at home and you're thinking, what do you dream about? That's the script for your dream. I believe God gives everybody a movie script, right? And the question is, how is that movie being directed? How are you directing your movie script? Your dream, when you dream about things, that's your script. That's a preview, right? You know, when you go in a the theater and you get a preview of the movie, your dreams are a preview to the movie of your life. What's your dream about? It's the key to your dream. I did it. Time. Time can be your best friend or your worst enemy, but time is a revealer of identity, right? What you do over time reveals your identity, right? And so you need to Turn the tables on time and make time your slave instead of your master. The problem with most people is they are slave to time. Time tells them what to do. The calendar, the watch tells them what to do. They're stressed out. They're in traffic. They're running over people. They're telling people they're number one with the middle finger because they're driving. Time is driving them. Time is not identifying them other than you late. You didn't get here on time, right? It's a negative view of time. I have changed my relationship with time. Time serves me. I don't serve time. Time was created to serve me, my mission and my purpose. So I make time an identifier of what I'm supposed to do, not the controller of what I'm supposed to do. Right? So think about that. Chew on that a little bit because that's some good stuff. Flip the script on time and let time be your identifier of what you do. And time is a cruel taskmaster, man. Right? When you hear people at the end of their life, do you know what they say most often? I wish I had more time. I wish I hadn't played the fool. I wish I could go do some things over. I wish I hadn't spent so much time on that. Right. Many times in your life that you look at somebody and say, I wish I hadn't spent time with you. I wish I hadn't invested in that. Time is a cruel taskmaster. I wish I hadn't worked for that company 20 years and all I got was a gold watch at the end of it and I couldn't pay my bills. Right. Time. Don't let time do that to your identity, to your mission and to your purpose. All right. A couple more points and I'm out. Uh, The right people come along right? They are an identifier to you. Coaches, good teachers, mentors, right? Motivators. I hope that in some small way, that's what I am to you. That I'm saying some things that are provoking you and stirring you to do something good with your life and with your time. When right people come along, they'll challenge you. I love coaches because they'll challenge you. They will cause you to become a better version of themselves. We have business coaching and real estate to help people get to be better coaches. A lot of my professional athletes, they don't have one coach. They got about six or seven coaches. They got nutrition coaches and strength coaches. They got all kind of, they got playbook coaches. They got quarterback coaches, running back coaches, defense. They got so many coaches on the team percentage wise. I think as many coaches as it is team, but they need that in order to be the best version of themselves when they hit the, the field on Sunday. How many coaches do you have in your life? Who helps you? Who tells you the truth? Who challenges you? Who's in your elevator that you can tell an honest story to and get an honest response back? If you don't have that, you don't have the right people in your life. If you got people just constantly blowing sunshine up your fan and telling you, I call it blowing in your ear. Right. There are people that they just blow in your ear, they whisper in your ear and they tell you, you know, sweet nothings. They are usually lying to you, but it sounds good. Okay, Right. Here's a real friend. A real friend will tell you you got crap on your face. Right. A real person coaching you saying, hey, you're screwing this up. You're messing this up. You got a great opportunity. And hey, you're not bringing your A game here. I think you're better than this. Okay. You got to be a real friend. You need those right people to come along in your life to teach you how to do that. Uh, meditating on your life's journey, what do you attract? Who are the people in your life? Who are the people that are adding to you and multiplying you? That's about your identity, right? Taking the time. The last thing is take the time to write down. If you had no constraints and no limitations, what would your life mission be? What would your uh, obituary read if somebody were reading it and didn't know you? If I came into your home and your business, wherever you're listening to me, and I said, give me your mission statement, give me your obituary, I want to read what your life should sound like, what would that be? I know most people don't have that, and so I want to challenge you to write down a mission statement, and if you don't want to do that, write down your obituary. What would you like people to say at the end of your life? Right? I want to hear, well done. I want to hear he was a courageous individual that changed people's lives, that made a difference in his world. Well done. What do you want to hear? What do you want as your ultimately identity? Right? When you're done and you breathe your last breath, sang your last song, ate your last meal... What do you want as your identity? It takes a lifetime to work on these things. I'm not saying that it happens overnight, but if you start the day, you can be where you need to be in five years, ten years, fifteen years, twenty years. You can get there, and you can have the kind of ID that will not only make you proud, but make your family, your friends, the generation that you're called to reach. We're all called to reach a generation. Can make a difference if you get the proper. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today, investing a few minutes here and there. And my goal is if I gave you one thought, one idea, one thing to make a difference, then it's worth the time to spend this time with you. Hey, remember, you can get us every day. We're on 24-7 podcast. You can download the show and uh, you can also send the show to a friend. And, hey, we want your comments and your feedback. I appreciate that. If there's something, a topic you want to hear about or a question you want to answer, I'd love to hear back from that. Hey, you've been listening to Lewis Howard Live. I'm Lewis Howard. It's been a thrill, and I can't wait to come back to the next edition of Lewis Howard Live and share some more insights, principles to help you become the best version of yourself.
0: Have a great week.